Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We are looking in the book of Ezra, in the ninth chapter of Ezra. The ninth chapter of Ezra is a place uh, where we have an example of praying for a nation, or praying for a people, praying for a situation that uh, has impacted the entire body, shall we say. And previous episodes, we've covered portions of this. What I'd like to do today is just go back and read the prayer and then look at the last two or three verses of this prayer. Now, remember what the situation was. Ezra had been approached by some of the princesses, and they'd said, hey, the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites, they haven't separated themselves from the people of the land. They had bought in to the abominations of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. That's the first verse, okay? And so what was Ezra's response? Well, he tore his garment and his robe, and he pulled hair from his head and from his beard. And he was appalled, and he sat down appalled. And everyone who trembled at the words of the Lord, of the words of the God of Israel, on account of their unfaithfulness, gathered around him, and they were appalled with him too. And at the evening offering, at the end of the day, Ezra, in his humiliation, he said, he arose before God and he prayed. So here's what he said beginning with verse 6. Oh, my God, I am ashamed and embarrassed to lift up my face to you, my God, for our iniquities have risen above our heads and our guilt has grown even to the heavens. Since the days of our fathers to this day, we have been in great guilt. And on account of our iniquities, we, our kings and our priests, have given been given into the hand of the kings of the lands, to the sword, to captivity, and to plunder, and to open shame as it is this day. But now, for a brief moment, grace has been shown from the Lord our God to leave us an escaped remnant, and to give us a peg in his holy place, that our God may enlighten our eyes and grant us a little reviving in our bondage. For we are slaves, yet in our bondage our God has not forsaken us, but has extended loving kindness to us in the sight of the kings of Persia, to give us reviving, to raise up the house of our God, to restore his ruins, and to give us a wall in Judah and in Jerusalem. Now, our God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken your commandments, which you've commanded by your servant, the prophet, saying, the land which you are entering to possess is an unclean land, (coughs) with the uncleanness of the people of the land, with their abominations which they have filled it from end to end with our impurity. So now, do not give your daughters. This is what the Lord said. So now, do not give your daughters to their sons, nor take their daughters to your sons, and never seek their peace or their prosperity, that you may be strong, and eat the good things of the land, and leave it as an inheritance to your sons forever. So that's Ezra up through the 12th verse, chapter 9. The Lord had told them, don't take the daughters of the land. Don't take the sons of the land. 
don't have anything to do with their abomination or their impurity. And yet they had done it. And not just the people, but the leaders had done it. Okay, the top leadership had done it. So how does he finish the prayer? <coughs> Verse 13, he continues. After all that has come upon us for our evil deeds and our great guilt, since you are God, have requited us less than our iniquities deserve and have given us an escaped remnant as this. <laughs> We're seeing here that Ezra is acknowledging, you know, God, even though we've been punished, even though we have been under uh, the authority of these other pagan nations and all this kind of stuff, that our iniquities really deserved a lot more. That's what he means by you, our God, have requited us less than our iniquities deserve. He's saying you have given us a remnant, and a remnant's been able to come back here to Jerusalem to do this work. Now he says this in verse 14, shall we again break your commandments and intermarry with the peoples who commit these abominations? Would you not be angry with us to the point of destruction until there's no remnant, nor any who escape? Verse 15, O Lord our God, O Lord the God of Israel, you are righteous, for we have been left an escaped remnant. As it is this day, behold, we are before you in our guilt, for no one can stand before you because of this. You notice how Ezra uh, reiterates and says, how many times, three or four times at least, that they are a remnant. They're a remnant. He's acknowledging, God, you could have totally destroyed us, but you left a remnant of your people to come back into this land. And now we're going to turn around and we're going to commit the very abomination that you have told us not to do. You've told us not to intermarry with these peoples. You've told us not to have dealings with these people. He'd actually told them a lot more about that, okay? And they had not been faithful to that. And he says, if we do this, are you not going to be angry with us? And are you not going to be angry to the point of destruction, to where there'll be no remnant, that there'll be no one who will escape? Well, when you see the totality of the Scripture, you know that God always has a remnant, okay? And, but what he's saying right here is, God, you're going to hold us accountable for this. You're going to hold us accountable. What can we say? You are righteous. You have left us as the escaped remnant. We're the ones that came out of Babylon. But guess what? Here we are acting the same way. This is the same kind of stuff, Lord, that you hauled us all in the captivity over, that we weren't faithful to you, that we didn't adhere to your instruction, your commandments. And how's he ended? He says, God, we're here. We are here before you in our guilt. And no one can stand before you because of this. Notice how even if a person had not participated in this, that this was viewed as being something that the entire nation uh, shared guilt over because they had not addressed it, because they allowed it to take place. So Ezra just says, Lord, here we are. We're here before you. You know, we're guilty, and no one can stand before you. Well, that's the end of chapter 9. Chapter 10 shows us what happens. We'll look at that in the next episode. But, you know, this is actually the end of the prayer. You know, over in uh, Daniel 9, we saw where Daniel said, well, Lord, will you do this? Will you do this? Will you do this? 
basically all Ezra does is say, Lord, we're guilty. We have done the very thing that you've told us not to do. And we stand before you guilty. You know, I'm thinking that this might not be a bad prayer for the body of Christ today. Because there's so much that the Lord has told us not to do that we do. There is so much that the Lord has told us to do that we refuse to do. And I'm talking about the true body of Christ, those that are true believers. We would do well to say, Lord, we are guilty in not being faithful into the thing that you called us to in the kingdom. And then allow the Lord to do what he wants to do. We'll see in the next episode what comes of this. It's actually a very good thing. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. And I'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye.